Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Seeds and Weeds podcast, brought to you by Small House Farm. If you're looking to celebrate plants and the people that love them, then this is the podcast for you. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Bevan Cohen. Hello again, my friends, and welcome back to Seeds and Weeds. Today, we're going to be getting extra nerdy. We're going to be sitting down for five questions with Christy Wilhelmy. She's the founder of Garden Nerd. We'll talk about growing fruit trees in small spaces, Russian tomatoes, reclaiming food waste, landrace gardening, and all sorts of groovy stuff. I was recently on Christy's Garden Nerd podcast to talk about my book, The Complete Guide to Seed and Nut Oils, and I'll drop that link down in the show notes if you want to check it out. And as you're going to hear today, Christy is super fun to chat with, so it was cool getting to be on her show and then have her here over on our show and... Well, you know how it is. Christy and I are also both scheduled to speak at the National Heirloom Expo. It's going to be coming up in September. Uh, This year, it's going to be in Ventura, California. Like always, I'm going to be running the seed swap at the festival. And that's extra cool because I get to hang out and share stories and swap seeds with folks. I'm pretty stoked about that. The Heirloom Expo is one of the most fun events that I get to do every year. And if you haven't been before, you should definitely consider it. Of course, you know, the link will be down in the show notes if you want more info. As always, we are super busy here at Small House Farm. While I'm recording this, we're getting everything ready to head off to Erie, Pennsylvania for the Mother Earth News Fair. We're going to be bringing the whole family too, so that's going to be cool. It's going to be the boys' first time coming to a Mother Earth News event. I'm going to be doing a few talks, of course, and I'm going to be helping with the seed swap there too. I guess that's kind of my thing. Now, when this episode airs, Heather and I are going to be on our way to Nice, France. We're actually taking a quick little trip to the Riviera, and it's just going to be packed full of adventure. We're going to be in Provence to see the lavender fields during peak bloom. We're going to be staying in a little cabin on a tomato farm, and we're going to take a train ride along the coast into Italy. And we're going to try to eat all of the food. All of it. Pesto, focaccia, ratatouille, all these foods that originated right in that part of the world. I can't wait. Now, before we jump into the interview, I have to give a shout out to our latest Patreon subscribers. You know, it's your support that makes this podcast possible. So I owe some big thanks to all of our patrons, including our newest members, Loretta F., Karen B., and Carla P. Thank you so much for supporting our work. Now, if you're interested in learning more about how you can support the podcast through Patreon and get some great perks like free books, herbal products, exclusive content, you can find that link down in the show notes or at patreon.com slash smallhousefarm. All right, let's jump into the interview. Christy Wilhelmy empowers people to grow their own food, to be more self-reliant, and to reduce pollution and waste one garden at a time. Christy's founder of Garden Nerd, the ultimate resource for garden nerds, where she publishes newsletters, her popular blog, and top-ranked podcast. Today, Christy is joining us on the podcast to answer five questions. Christy, I am so excited to have you here on the show, man. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much. I am happy to return the favor. You were on my podcast not too long ago, so this is fun. I was, and that was a blast. I'm going to put that link down in the show notes too, so folks can click through and check out your podcast and listen to our conversation, because that was a really good time for sure. So today on my show, we're going to be doing a segment I call Five Questions. But before we get into that, you're a garden nerd, straight up. Your website is actually gardennerd.com. And when I was going through your website, I noticed that there is so much stuff on there. There's a newsletter, there's a podcast, there's online courses, YouTube videos. It is packed full of good stuff. So Christy, I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit more about the work that you're doing and what it's like being such 
such a garden nerd. Sure. I live uh, in Southern California in Los Angeles. I'm zone 10B and I specialize in small space biointensive gardening methods, which is getting the most out of a small space that you possibly can. And I focus on growing food crops, so fruits and vegetables and herbs. And really, I like to dive into what makes things work. So, you know, we've all been taught how to garden, but I've always asked why, you know, why do we do the things that we do and how can we make it easier and better? Uh, where we are trying to get out of our own way and let nature do her thing. So for me, it's really about stewarding the soil and teaching people how to steward the soil. So I do that through my classes and consulting, and I do install gardens as well. Vegetable gardens uh, are part of my business model. And we also do maintenance. So I have a troop of people who take care of other people's gardens uh, under our wing. And then other than that, the podcast, which you've been on, uh, YouTube channel, and I've got books that I've written as well. So, you know, trying to reach as many people as possible about the glories of growing your own food and the fun that comes with it and the satisfaction that comes with it. Because, you, I mean, you know, your listeners know, there's nothing like picking something you grew out of the garden. It's just the best thing ever. Absolutely right. And I love what you said about getting out of our own way and letting nature do its thing. That's something I always try to remind myself every year. Yeah, I think we get too bogged down in the minutia and we also disassociate ourselves from nature, which is weird because we are a part of nature and the, you know, the idea of like combating nature, war against nature, bugs, you know, diseases, etc. When if we ally ourselves or really tap into what nature is already doing and mimic those ways of operating, it becomes suddenly a lot easier and we have fewer problems in the garden. So part of my role is to educate people about the soil food web and how those microbes and organisms and everything that's going on in that life beneath our feet makes our job easier above ground if we tend to it. Rather than feeding the plant, if we feed the soil, everything gets better. So how long have you officially been a garden nerd? How long have you been offering these uh, online courses and stuff through your website? Uh, good question. So I, it all kind of started back in 2003 and I started the website in 2005. I went full-time in 2008. Uh, the podcast started in 2007. So I've been doing it for however long that is. I've kind of lost count, something like 16 years, I guess. But gardening started for me well before that. I um, I tie it to when I became a vegetarian back in 1993. So I've been doing this for over 30 years now. And the more I garden, the more I learn. And the more I learn to let go of some of the stuff I clung to early on in gardening, which is like making everything look pretty all the time. That... <laughs> That's not that's not a thing for me anymore. It's more about productivity and letting letting things get a little bit more wild than they used to be, because that makes the job easier along the way. Eventually, if you just let like let flowers go to seed and then you get free flowers next year. I do that with herbs like cilantro and parsley and things like arugula and lettuces. If you just get a little bit lazy, they completely pay off for you down the line. 
Absolutely. That's what I always say. I'm not trying to run a beauty contest out here. I'm trying to grow some food. Exactly. So let's dig into the questions. I got five questions here, no follow-up. So it's going to be really simple, just straight up five questions. And to get us started, the very first question, Christy, is going to be, if you had to pick a favorite plant or plant family, what would it be and why? Well, I'm a big sucker for the Brassicaceae family because I love kale. I grow 16 varieties of kale every year because I just think it's beautiful beautiful and it tastes good. And I know people will argue me on that, but I I love cooking with it. I love making raw kale salads with it, but it's versatile. And it's one of the things that grows really well in the cool season, which for us is over winter. It's satisfying, it's nutritious and relatively easy to grow when you grow it at the right time. You are speaking my language, young lady, because (laughs) I love all those things that you said, broccoli and cabbage and collard greens and kale. We grow tons of them here in Michigan. If somebody asked me that question, that might've been my answer too. Yeah. And a lot of them are what I call factory vegetables, which means they're like kale and collards and and even broccoli to some degree. You know, they, they grow from the center of the plant. And so if you keep harvesting the outer leaves, you keep getting a harvest for a long time. So it's never one and done like carrots, you know where it's just you grow it, you pull it and it's done. Um, You keep getting something from that plant for a while. And so if you have limited space, it's one of the best things to grow. Yeah, absolutely right. And once you let it go to seed, whether it's an annual or a biennial, which, you know, there's a little bit of variation there in that plant family. Either way, though, you get so many seeds at the end. So many seeds for yourself, for your friends, for your neighbors, for the community garden. Thousands of seeds comes out of those plants. And that's pretty awesome, too. Yeah, that's right. And I think for me, I've been practicing land race gardening. So a land race is when you scatter a whole bunch of different varieties of seeds and grow them all together and let them go to seed and let them cross pollinate and then save the seeds from those and grow them out. And over time, you're breeding a sort of a hybrid of its own, but you're selecting for the strongest of each of those varieties that you save and you end up with a really adapted variety that's perfect for your soil, your climate your ecosystem. We had Joseph Lofthouse on the show a while back to talk about Landrace Gardening. He wrote a book on the topic. For everybody listening, I'm putting a link down in the show notes to that episode if you want to learn more about that. Because Landrace Gardening is absolutely fascinating because although it's seeing like a real resurgence in, in modern day gardening, it's, you know, rooted in such indigenous knowledge, this this old way of growing plants, you know, so it's really, really cool to see people doing that again. Um, so glad that you mentioned that it was awesome. And I think that's going to segue right into the next question, Christy, is what is is one of your most recent garden successes. What's something that you want to brag about? Okay, so I uh, I experiment with a lot of tomatoes every year. I grow 16 tomatoes in my tiny spaces. Uh, and every year it's a different variety, except for a few that I'm just, I can't live without. And this year I'm growing Russian Queen, which is sort of a, it's a stripy plum paste shaped tomato. And it is doing phenomenally well. I have sometimes I've had trouble with fruit setting on all, you know, a truss full of fruit. Maybe I'll get like two or three on a truss. But this plant, man, every single flower is setting fruit and they're all maturing and they look gorgeous. And I can't wait to eat one. They're still green, although by the time people hear this, they're probably going to be ripe and ready to eat. I'm in a coastal area, so I'm always trying to grow varieties that are good for coastal areas. And a lot 
lot of times that means picking varieties of tomatoes that have Siberian or Russia or Polish in the name because they're what grows well in mountainous areas grows well on the coast for cooler climates that don't get that really hot burning summer sun. So that's one of the ones I've tried this year and it's paying off. I dig that. We actually grow a lot of uh, Russian and Ukrainian varieties here as well. They seem to do quite well for us um, in our garden here in central Michigan. Next question is going to be a flip of the last. Uh, What is a recent garden failure that you've experienced? But more importantly, what is the lesson that you learned from it? Oh, so many to choose from. So we have a very active rat population in our neighborhood. It's something that, you know, we have a cat and she does her best, but she's getting older and she's not as active as she used to be. So I have, and I have a YouTube video about this. I created this contraption that really, really works until it doesn't. And it's it's a contraption that is a sun, a sunbrella frame. And I drape the whole thing with bird netting and I put that over my fruit trees. Like I have a tiny nectarine tree in a pot and I have a small Fuji apple tree in the ground, but I keep it small. That's part of backyard orchard culture is to keep them pruned so you don't have to get up on a ladder to harvest and it makes it easier to protect them. So you can drape the whole thing with bird netting if you need to. And this thing works. It keeps them away, except at some point during, oh, now they start finding a way to chew through the netting and get inside. Oh no. Yeah. So it's really bumming me out. And I know I need to reinforce the bottom, say foot and a half of this contraption with something more sturdy like deer fencing or a a thicker vinyl fencing that would keep them out. I use bird netting because pollinators can get through it. The bird netting is too thin and and they chew right through it and get through. So I'm losing nectarines out there right now as we talk. I've always said nature always wins uh, to my students because, you know, we keep trying to impose our will, uh, but, you know, nature always wins. So best to work with her and put out enough stuff that is going to support the wildlife in your ecosystem and then also protect your your crops. That's the big deal. I dig that for sure. All right. So what is a current project that you're working on that you are very excited about? So I am working on my second novel. This is not, it's, it is garden related, I promise. So I, I did not mention in the beginning that I also have books, but I've got three nonfiction gardening books, but I also debuted my first novel last year in 2022. It came out and it's set in a community garden and it goes through the Southern California growing season month by month as the story progresses. And so that was the first book. It came out with William Morrow last year. Uh, it did really well. And so I'm working on the second one that it's the same same setting, same group of people, same cast. But one of the things that came up every time I would tell somebody that I was writing a novel uh, that's set in a community garden, the first thing they would say is, who gets murdered? And I'm like, nobody, nobody gets murdered. Wow. Because I guess that's a really common thing for garden gardens to have murders in them. Not in my lifetime. However, uh, I did decide that my second novel will have a murder in it. So that's coming soon as soon as I can finish writing it, which means I have to stop doing a bunch of other things in order to make it happen. So we're looking at a community garden murder mystery. That's right. Yes. I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> that is very cool. So let's, I'm going to break my rule here and do a follow-up question, I suppose. Okay. Uh, we mentioned your books briefly. Let's expound upon that a little bit. Tell the listeners at home a little bit more about your books, please. Sure. So my first book is called Gardening for Geeks, and that is all about small space, biointensive vegetable gardening. And it really goes into the details of like why we do things and what's the science behind them. But, you know, if you're not a geek 
or a nerd, you're still going to enjoy it. It's really geared toward beginners, but it has the science component for more advanced gardeners. Uh, the second book is Grow Your Own Mini Fruit Garden, and that is small space gardening for fruit trees and berries. And that was Cool Springs Press. That's the publisher on that one. And that is really helpful for people with anything from a balcony or a patio to a garden space to work with. So there, there are ideas there, including what I was talking about earlier about backyard orchard culture. I also have a digital book that is a compilation of the first 10 years of the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast. It's digital because it has hyperlinks to all kinds of really great resources. And that's organized by season. So you can jump right in and, you know, to the season where you are and find all the tips that are relating to that time of year. Uh, and then Gardening for Geeks is the first novel and I'm working on the sequel. And that's William Morrow. And you can find that. You can find all these books anywhere books are sold, except for the digital that's on Kindle. Fantastic. And then there's the upcoming Community Garden Murder Mystery, of course. That's right. Yeah. And that my working title is Bolting to Seed. <laughs> so <Ooh. we'll, laughs> it has many meanings, right? So uh, we'll see how that goes with the publisher. I love that. Okay. And then here is the fifth and final question. What is a project that you are not personally involved in, but you're still really excited about it? So who is your shout out today? My shout out. A friend of mine during the pandemic, she started a food related nonprofit business uh, because she was discovering that restaurants, when lockdown happened, restaurants were having to throw out all of your food supplies and people were having trouble buying groceries. And so she connected those two things and started finding surplus food and donating it to people on one day a week. So on Sundays, people would show up and they'd get a box of produce. And she went on. It was so successful. They were feeding a thousand families a week. And that is called Nourish LA. So shout out to Nourish LA and Natalie Flores for doing this great deed in the world. That is super cool. I'm going to put Nourish LA's link in the show notes as well for everybody. And then that is it. Easy peasy. Five questions. Now, Christy, if folks want to find you online and learn more about how they can become a garden nerd, just like you, what are the links that they need to know? Okay, you can go to gardennerd.com. That's G-A-R-D-E-N-E-R-D.com. Although I do own the domain for double N's. <laughs> um, so you can find me there on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. We're gardennerd1. And on Facebook, we're gardennerd.com. And that's pretty much it. Oh, and the Garden Nerd YouTube channel is on YouTube. Just search Garden Nerd and the Garden Nerd Tip of the Week podcast podcast is everywhere you can stream. Absolutely groovy. And I'm going to put all those links, of course, down below. So for the folks that like to, you know, click through on things, Christy, thank you again for being on the show, my friend. That was totally awesome. I really appreciate the time. Thanks so much. And there you go, my friends. Another show is in the books. Thanks again to Christy Wilhelmy for being on the podcast and to all of you for tuning in. Remember, if you'd like to support the show, you can always join our Patreon. That link and many more can be found at seedsandweedspodcast.com. This episode was edited and produced by all of us here at Small House Farm. And the music you're listening to right now is called Former, and it's by Coma Studio. I'm your host, Bevan Cohen, and we'll see you next time.
Howdy, friends. Bevan here. You know, the Seeds and Weeds podcast is made possible in part by Baker Creek Heirloom Seed Company, rareseeds.com. They're America's top source for rare and heirloom varieties from around the world, and they're publisher of the whole seed catalog. Their 2024 catalog is chocked full of heirloom goodness, new varieties, recipes, stories, and gorgeous photographs. You can order yours now at rareseeds.com.